Welcome to Spirit School. My name is Danielle Serenk, also known as the Squamish Medium. I am the host of your Spirit School, where I will share all the lessons and learnings that I have uncovered through my intuitive development and mediumship development journey. I am a professional psychic and medium and intuitive teacher and mentor, and I look forward to walking alongside you on this journey. and welcome back to Spirit School. I am so excited today to introduce somebody who I met. We were just working on the timelines here. It's been about two and a half years or one and a half years since I, I first was introduced to Lauren Rainbow, a New England medium. I first heard her on the John Holland show because I was a Hay House fanatic and I was listening to all the shows. And I first heard about Lauren Rainbow on that show and I was really drawn to her voice. And at the end of the show, she said, well, I'm actually going to Vancouver. And of course, my mind just like was blown. I was like, she's coming to Vancouver? So I immediately went to the website. I booked tickets for me and my parents. My parents are always down to come see mediums with me. They have been since I was 17 years old, taking me to Sylvia Brown when I was a teenager and all these amazing mediums. And it was a funny night for us because it was literally up the street from where we were born, like third generation born, and we went to the wrong church. And we were standing outside the wrong church forever. We're like, what is going on? Like, where is this? And I was frustrated because I'm a Virgo, right? And so I was like, we need to be on time. So we ended up making it to the right church. And we're talking January 2018, I think, is or 19, 18 is when we figured it out. and. We were the last to arrive. We were the very back row. I was like a little bit mad at my parents. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> we're late. Wanted to be front row. And out walked this like bigger than life, beautiful being, just just coming out on stage, just so confident in her light. I was like, my jaw was dropped. I was like, she's so confident. And my family actually got three readings that night, including me. Do you remember reading for me, Lauren? I do. I don't remember the message, but I remember at the time after we connected. Yes. <laughs> I so I wanted to set that up because, you know, the people who listen to Spirit School know how much fear I've overcome to even get where I am today in my spiritual practice, in my abilities. And you were like a big part of me seeing what was possible because I've always wanted to do demonstrations, but I was always really scared. And we'll get more into that as we go through the episode, but just seeing you like fully in your power, just like rocking the hell out of it. It just gave me like so much confidence just through seeing you work. So I just wanted to say thank you, Lauren Rainbow for coming on spirit school. Let us know a little bit about you, how you serve the world of spirit and yeah, what lights you up. Oh my God. Well, thank you, Danielle. That was an amazing introduction. And I do remember you coming up after and having a conversation and, um, you know, telling me that you were developing medium. So I was like, oh my God, it's amazing to be here. So thank you. Thank you. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, a little bit about myself. Um, oh my God, there's so much to start with, but as you've already kind of talked about, I am a medium, uh, a psychic medium. Uh, I do sacred travels. I bring people around the world to sacred places for inspirational, uh, life-opening, uh, life-aware uh, journeys. And um, I do my best always to serve spirit from a place of love, um, from a place of evidence and love mm. uh, is really where I think my overall mission as a medium has been, is to bring the evidence of spirit forward, but also the loving support and acknowledgement of how we're moving through this world. Um, so that's really short form. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, it's been 20, almost 20 years in this work fully, Wow, um, which is really mind blowing. Uh, I started my journey as very fascinating. Um, obviously, I think we're all born in a way knowing that there's something going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we all journey through our younger years, either very aware, somewhat aware, lightly aware. You know, I had weird, I can go into my childhood experiences, strange things happen. <laughs> yeah. uh, but really what happened to me, I think that was most fascinating is I was just drawn to um, uh, sacred sites in the world from a young child. I was drawn to psychic um, intuition as a teenager. Um, I really had a shift of awakening the day before 9-11 happened. I was laid off from my job um, and just before that, and by the way, I was living in a retired funeral home at the time. Some people who know my story. <laughs> um, I was living, I used to work for a newspaper called The Messenger uh, where I covered death and dying. Um, and then I ended up leaving that job to move into a retired funeral home where uh, I was near Salem, Massachusetts and started kind of getting a little bit more into spirituality. Um, I lost my job the day before 9-11 and then I ended up at a medical physical shop uh, the day after 9-11 and I have been on this journey ever since Um, (laughs) so that's really I think what started this for me at in my 20s Um, and uh, since uh, 2001 it's been a it's been a a journey of service Mm -hmm. um, and an evolving journey of service for sure (laughs) can you believe that was 20 years ago 20 years ago (laughs) wow I know I'm just like trying to do the math my head I'm like she's right I'm like wow it's like 20 years ago so I'm kind of fascinated about this too because I just took my end of life doula training last December and my life is not quite set up to be a doula because I have really young children so being on call does not work (laughs) for my family but did, did you ever feel a calling to kind of get into that work that's interesting that you you covered death and dying it's one of my favorite topics obviously as a medium uh, like, what was that experience like for you? Did you get to interview people like at end of life or was it people just coming through grief? Well, for me as a journalist, as a newspaper journalist, the covering of Death and Diet was actually not, we, I did one story of a woman, uh, a series at that time that was very much like a Tuesdays for, uh, with Maury. Right, yeah. uh, if you're familiar with that book, it had just come out and, you know, it was a journey of someone, you know, going through illness. And so I met with a woman every day. Uh, I won an award actually for the article on her journey of life. Um, and I, I think about that now going, oh my God, I even forgot about that. That's a whole other lifetime. <laughs> Totally. Uh, the messenger and being a journalist for me was, it's, it's amazing how I think to mediumship, we, we can be called in many different ways to serve, right? For you, as far as giving, a, you know, we, as a medium, we do the evidential messages, that kind of piece. But mm-hmm. then there can be like the end of life doula call, for example. For me, my, my calling has always been to tell the stories of those whose stories may not get said. And, and that's part of what I even do in my own messaging from spirit. It's not just the evidence. Yes, here's the evidence of who they are, but what was their life about? That's the message, isn't it? Who, not just who were they evidentially, but let's really get to the core of what their life was about because that's our life is our message. So being a journalist, my calling to be a journalist was to write those stories of people whose messages needed to be heard. Um, I ended up as a journalist in hard news, which is the death and dying side that's like you know crime scenes which weirdly also set me up for mediumship it gave me 
tools to interview spirit. Um, so it was training me to be a medium before I even trained as a medium because I had all these tools of interviewing. I just had to move it from the living to the spirit world, right? You, um, yeah, you probably have a boatload of references <laughs> for how people die. <laughs> well, exactly, too. When, when you're on, you know, I, I, and I was in Vermont, which is a very northern part of our, our country, very much in the backwoods. You wouldn't believe what goes on in, in the country of some places. I bet. <laughs> There's a lot of different things you see, but exactly, it gave me, for anybody who's a developing medium who listens, you know, these are the things that give us the points of references that make us unique mediums. That's what I say. I said, you know, the prerequisite to mediumship is a well-lived life. Really. <laughs> it's like, it really, because you just, it's all about your references. And if you stay in spiritual context, if you stay in spiritual books, it's like you're limiting your references. Like you have to, you have to live life. You have to read something else, experience something else to kind of build those references, right? Yep. So then- let me ask you something. I didn't know I was going here, Lauren, but let me ask you this too. Do you ever feel drawn to do like investigation, like psychic investigation work? Well, that's a great question. I did one once mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, here we are, the journey of a medium and I scared myself. <laughs> you know? Um, and, and, and I realized that for those who do the criminal work, um, and God bless anyone who wants to go into that journey, do it. If you're called to it, to do, because uh, I think there's now, especially in this modern day world, an even bigger call to bring those worlds together. But you have to have a really strong soul and mind to be like a first responder in some way. Um, you know, I think as a, as a medium yourself, Danielle, you understand that the visions and the things that we see to interpret things. So when you're on a crime scene and you're in the middle of, you know, uh, allowing your clairvoyant eye, I think those those who do that work so well are very grounded and you know very direct and know how to go into the fire um, and it wasn't my calling I loved doing it and I, I did help and I do help when I am called but it's not when I felt guided for me to dive into um, I think that's a specific work for the right you mind if that makes sense and, and that's why I say if you've got that criminal energy and you want to go for it there's work to be done there um, and it's it's a wonderful work to step into but I think you have to have a good solid ground it wasn't my calling <laughs> yeah it's interesting because we i did a workshop with tony stockwell in 2016 and he had us spend a whole day on in some investigations that he was working on and i was like i couldn't do this work like one of them was a missing three-year-old boy and i just like i just my heart would just break i don't think i could i could quite do that work i don't think that i'm called to that either but i interviewed medium fleur a couple months ago and she's actually going to get her degree in forensic science because yeah. she really does want to work with police departments to help solve crimes. I'm like, wow, like you, de I definitely think it's like a calling, right? Yeah. So yeah. definitely that amazing kind of evidential medium who has that, you know, I think your gift too represents who you are and, and how to use it. Um, working with Fleur in the past as well, she's very, you know, amazing with that clear cut evidence and vision and has that strong grounding Tony as well, having studied with Tony. Um, and uh, so that's why I say for people, for like uh, both of those beautiful souls, the work is there to be done. Yeah. Um, for anyone who's called into it, I just think it's understanding your calling in this work um, and honoring that path, right? So for me, I've done it and it was great, but I, I almost scared myself. And I was like, I don't know if I have the emotional balance that I need to be strong in that work. Yeah. I get a lot of messages on Facebook from people looking for their pets. And I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I, I just... 
I don't think I work like that. And mm-hmm. so, and it's very high risk too, obviously. Right. It's like, it's, it's, it's already, you're pretty courageous putting yourself out there, like saying the evidence that you get in mediumship period. But when the stakes are so high, like I know for me, seven years into my development, I'm like, that might be a bit too high for me right now. <laughs> Those stakes might be a little bit too high. So, so totally get it, but that's very fascinating. Thank you so much. And um, so I really wanted to ask you too. So the spiritual travel thing I found really fascinating because it wasn't until I started following you. Um, and I know that when I saw you in um, January, 2018, you had just come back from a trip to India because I was like following you. So, so I've never been a travel person because I worked for race car teams when I was really young. And so I traveled all the time when I was younger. Now the last place I want to be is like an airport or like lost luggage and all this kind of stuff. But I really have been drawn to like go visit places like Mount Shasta. I'm really interested in the chakra centers of the earth. Mm -hmm. Um, So what do you get out of these spiritual journeys and how does that fill you up? And you lead people through them too. So what does that look like? Um, spiritual journeys for me is a, a different part of the calling inside of, of, you know, I often say as a medium, we often have different avenues in which we focus. You know, like you were talking a second ago about people who work in the criminal side and helping solve cases. For me, I've always been a little bit more of the woo. <laughs> um, I'm very evidential as a medium, which is my realistic side. But then there's a part of me that spiritually is a little bit more as we dive into the woo here, really connected to the sacred earth. And, um, you know, I do a lot of work in shamanic development as well in my energy, which I think is a sister attribute to being a medium. So the medium is as we're in between worlds and the, and the word shaman is one who walks between worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so for me, the soul of connecting to the earth, like you're saying, the chakras of the earth, working with the energies within to activate aspects of our soul to achieve even higher frequencies of vibration, you know, vibrational states. Mm-hmm. Um, so I believe that there are really powerful sacred places that I have been to around this world. Uh, We'll talk simply about, for example, Egypt, the Great Pyramids of Giza. Everybody knows those, uh, the Great Sphinx. Um, Having been inside those pyramids, um, you know, the power and the frequency inside these places um, can shift you, can raise your energy and your vibration. And I think for me, that's part of my journey has always been in the healing sides and healing training as well. And seeing mediumship even as a healing tool, um, that we're not only healing the living and offering love and support, but we're also even healing and raising the vibration of spirit when communication happens, right? So when we're out on these sites, what we do is we connect to the energy of the sacred lands, perhaps, you know, the guides of those lands. Sometimes like when I bring people to Peru, we sit with real shamans and, you know, do sacred ceremonies and and shift in frequency. Um, You know, I've been in Side, like I said, the Giza Plateau, we create really special magical journeys too. Egypt is, you know, our own private boat um, with private visits to these sites where we have Egyptologists and guides that give us opportunity to not only learn about the land, but to work and do little ceremonies around these areas as well. Um, India is a fascinating place because it itself, I say, is just living, you know, to just walk in India is to be activated um, because they're just the living spiritual culture. So, um, you know, bringing people to these sacred lands is life changing. It gives you a whole new view of the world. It gives you a different view of the spiritualities of the world. Um, You know, I find that when people come back from these journeys, you know, the groups that we've led, um, they take off in many different ways. They they quit jobs and go and successfully go into different directions and or relocate because they've been waiting to make changes. Um, You know, they, they feel more enlightened and grounded 
did um, and usually come back. You know, we, we often have the groups communicate with each other uh, in our little group circle every day for like months and missing you guys. You know, so we create family too. And um, we've had some folks now that are traveling. I have one that's traveled almost on every journey I've done. Um, you know, so it, it also creates a, a sense of family, but change. So the sacred journeys are really powerful for that. <laughs> that is so cool. And I have a lot of listeners who are into the shamanic work as well as mediumship. So this will really speak to them. I know it will. And I want to ask you something too, because, um, what do you feel about the energy of Vancouver? I know it does not compare to the Sphinx or like the pyramids or anything like that, but I've heard on different podcasts, so many different spiritual teachers like Elker Tolle, um, Caroline Mice, like they, they say that there's like something to the energy of Vancouver. Did you feel that when you came here? It's interesting that you say that because when I was in Vancouver, I rented a car and I drove up even around the coast. And um, the first thing I thought was like, is this where they recorded the Goonies? You know, <laughs> as you're looking up and you see the little islands and I'm like, I feel like, you know, <laughs> waiting for the, the pirate ship to come by. Who could have? We're known as yeah. Hollywood North, so they very well could have. It's gorgeous though. And um, and when I was walking on one of the trails just north of the city in with the, the, the massive, beautiful trees and, and everything, and there is definitely, for me, a very native frequency in that land. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was honorable and it was gorgeous. And, you know, when... Um, you know, the shaman side where I can tune, when you, when you walk through the woods, you turn into the frequencies of, of the, the uh, as, as I say, the guardians of the land. Um, and I definitely felt old, um, I'll go a little blue and say Lemurian-like energies oh. out there. Um, so I think you've got some beautiful ancient uh, frequencies that are wonderful luminous beings, as well as some very native earthy energy in Vancouver. Um, so it was gorgeous to me and definitely sacred. I love that. Okay. Yeah. Cause I've heard, um, people explain it. It's like, there's something just about the energy just being so open here. Like the people yeah. are open, the energy is open. Like people can work with ease here. Right. Whereas I know people who've gone to Australia and Australia is wonderful, but it's like a different kind of like energy as far as like openness in this, in this kind of work. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, very interesting. So I kind of want to take you back to your development path. So yeah. <laughs> like I know when I knew I was a medium and I had that first mediumship experience when I was 31, my, the rest of my life made sense. I was like, I've actually been experiencing this my whole life. But when you transitioned out of your journalist into this mediumship path, what was that first connection for you? What was that first experience for you? And, and what did your development path look like after that? Oh, wow. That's a big one, right? That's good. Uh, my first real connection with spirit that I realized something phenomenal was happening. Uh, I was living in the funeral home. Mm -hmm. uh, I was waking up uh, in the morning and I would have, just as you shift from sleeping to wake when you're in that perfect space, right? The, the in-between. Um, spirit would come in my room every day and sit with me. Um, and I would have what I think a lot of people experience as a paralysis, a, a form of freezing energy where my body could not seem to move while the energy of the spirit was in my presence. Mm -hmm. um, after a bit of time that would shift and that the spirit would shift um, and that would happen every single morning um, for almost six months while I lived in this house. And that was pre to the 9-11 shift that was coming up to 9-11. Um, and it was so visceral. It was, it was a little bit scary too, because that's when I always say, when you really step in the presence of something energetically beyond you for the first time, and it's that physical, mm -hmm. it is intimidating. Um, I, I think I felt intimidated because I can't see it. 
in the real form. I can see it. I can feel it. I can, but I can't, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and you're like, what is going on here? And so, um, at that same time I had ironically, ironically, synchronistically had already become curious even more into understanding spirit. Anyway, as I said, I was not too far from Salem mass. So I was going in all the time and bought my first deck of cards, you know, tarot cards to read and was finding that I had this really natural intuition. Um, and so I, I just naturally kind of for the, those first six months of spirit was with me. I kind of just naturally felt it. And then after 9-11 happened, like I said, I ended up at this metaphysical shop. And for four years, Danielle, I was gifted um, Reiki attunements. I, I was gifted the entire Reiki series and, and IET and um, integrated energy therapy, Shambhala Reiki, you name it. In that early 2000s, all of those healing systems, magnified healing, I was gifted attunement after attunement after attunement to help run this space. Um, so I was, I was kind of like literally, you know, spirit went from, okay, you're, you, you just lost your job. Here is a spiritual family who's taking you in and every day we're doing these initiations and activations. And so I had this huge esoteric training in the beginning and I was the only medium in the group. So I'm actually surrounded by a bunch of healers raising energy and frequency. And I'm the only one who's trying to play with communicating with spirit. I didn't even know Arthur Finley, for example, existed. I didn't know that there was any such thing as mediumship, that it was wow. something. Um, because my, my teaching was so esoteric. I knew John Edward uh, was on TV, was crossing over. Um, so I would watch him and go, oh, I think I can do that. And then yeah. I didn't do that in a reading with what I was feeling. You know? um, so I was really self-taught in the beginning. I was floundering, not floundering, but I just kind of went out there and just did it figured it out um and i and i started to build a psychic mediumship you know um business here as as uh, out of metaphysical shops and, and house parties before facebook existed and you did social media marketing um you know you were word of mouth i built all word of mouth i was busy i had an amazing you know word of mouth energy here um that moved to the stage in 2008 uh where i met uh again spirits amazing um mm -hmm. i ended up working as a box office manager in a theater as a, as a job because they need a lecture money. Um, and I met a guy who was like, I manage, you know, these events. And I think you've got a funny laugh and a personality. And I know you can talk to dead people. Can <laughs> I put you on stage and see what happens? And I'm like, what is it? So I even did a dem, Danielle, before I even knew what a demonstration for spirit was. <laughs> you I know? love this so much. And, and so I, I then met John Holland, uh, who was an amazing blessing in my life. Um, and I took my first mediumship development class. It was advanced. And I went, oh my God, there's a whole system to this. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I gotta, I gotta, you know, and, and so it was really um, self-taught. It was a lot of self-taught. Um, I, I, again, I, I kind of have to admit in those first four years, I was just doing what was there and it just opened up. Um, and so, uh, yeah, but I was, I started Deming in Spirit in 2008 and um, then that just grew into a whole different ball game. So I didn't always have that confidence you talked about in the beginning. <laughs> well, and this is what I wanted to ask, because this is very unique for me. I only have read one other medium who was self-taught. I mean, I don't know all the mediums in the world, but Laura Lynn Jackson, who's also on the East Coast, like she's a medium who just, she never, she's never been mentored. She just like figured it out. I only know that because I've read her book, The Light Between Us. But 
This is really fascinating to me because I was also interviewing Jonathan, the medium this week, um, who was the last guest on the podcast. And he said he didn't actually start feeling like insecure about his gifts until he started being mentored because then the comparison kind of comes in. Then you start to like question yourself. So I really like the purity of you just allowing spirit to be your guide, spirit to be your teacher for like those first four years. Because I try to tell like a lot of my students, like don't try to hop from teacher to teacher to teacher. It's like, let spirit be your teacher for a while, especially like in between that integration kind of phase, right? I really like that. I think that's really fascinating. Yeah, it, it was interesting. I agree with Jonathan. I, um, I felt better in naturally my gift before I started training. Yes. Um, and, and then I realized, like I said, I realized I'm like, oh my God. I, and so I took the training really more as a way to better myself as a teacher because I was also teaching mediumship before I was trained um, from my own natural way of working. You know, I had just figured it out. Um, and I wanted to get better as a teacher. I wanted to understand more the language of mediumship, you know, what a link and a blend, you know, uh, and, um, and then, then I was blessed because through, through my connections, I started to study with folks like Tony Stockwell and James Unpog and working with John Holland. Um, so I got a really amazing, it, it was kind of like the first four years of being blessed with, you know, just all this energy training, then spirit, but okay, let's give you some really good mentoring. <laughs> but I also had to be careful to not undo what was already natural in me. Because I did find, like, I'm sure Jonathan experienced, I went to Arthur Finley mm. in 2011, and I came back, and uh, I was doing a work with John, and I went up on, he put me up on stage and said, give a message, and I said, okay, and I had gotten into this very, you know, straight-laced British style of, of, of delivering because uh, I love Arthur Finley, they do train you well, but they also train you in a very, you know, strict way, very, you know, and afterwards, I, John came up to me, and goes, can I have your personality back now? <laughs> you know? I know, and I noticed that, because yeah. I've studied under a lot of Arthur Finley teachers, and, and I never um, considered myself a spiritualist in any way, because I always felt like it was a bit in a box, right? And it's like, I didn't like being put in that kind of box, but uh, I feel like we're kind of busting out of that now, like the evolution of mediumship. I I think people are just kind of like, yeah, I've been seeing that even in the past seven years I've been in this, I've been seeing like this involvement of mediumship into this more multidisciplinary, uh, a little bit more personalized style of, of reading, right? Yeah. Um, so I love that. That is so fascinating. And I know that like you do work closely with John Hall and that's how I discovered you. And I know that you just released a deck with him, like you collaborated on a deck. So tell us a bit about this. Yeah. Oh, actually, hold on. I think I do have it. I'm like, I should have one ready, right? So we just, I'm so excited. So this is our mediumship training deck. Yes, um, and John has just been a beautiful, you know, synchronistic gift to me. This is the other thing I just want before we get, you know, dive fully into this too, I'll just share this with you, Danielle, is, you know, for those of you on the journey of development and spirit, you know, um, I, I, I always say the show up to the work and be completely of service. A lot of people are like, how did you meet John? How did this all connect? And, and the way we connected is I busted my butt in New England working. I built a name for myself working. And I love this story. John and I love this story. I was working, um, teaching a class at this little place called Circles of Wisdom in Massachusetts. Um, and he was doing a dem in the big room and I was teaching a little class. And um, he had a sold out event and walks into my room almost 10 years, 11 years ago now, I think we were talking. And uh, he's like, who are you? And, and he's like, wait, you're the teacher here tonight. And I said, yes. And he's like, I'm John. I'm like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know who you are, John. <laughs> he's like, 
like, uh, he's like, well, nice to meet you, Ms. Rainbow, you know. Uh, and then he walked out of the room and I'm like, I had that like, oh my God. <laughs> and then the next month we were in the same situation. He was dumbing in this big classroom and I went and he comes back and he goes, was that almost like He's like, you again, you know? <laughs> and, and then um, we just kind of forged a connection and, and he's been a beautiful gift, but by showing up and doing the work, mm. by serving spirit to the best that you can and, and doing it sometimes in the nittiest and grittiest of ways is how you build your connection and spirit will bring you the blessing. So we created the mediumship training deck, um, 50 cards, Danielle. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Um, and it's all mediumship training techniques. So we do say it's not an Oracle deck, but um, with this gorgeous imagery, some of that that's one of the cards there you can read these almost as cards i was sitting here going i think i could read this but and then on the back side we have information about each technique um so everything from you know psychometry to the clairs to mediumship uh, techniques sitting in the power um spirit guides like we really sat down and tried to make as cohesive a tool uh that people could use outside of the classroom to to you know study and and get to know and work with their gifts so I'm honored uh, that he asked me to create this with him. Um, it was really a gift from John to, to be able to work with him and, and, and put this together. And we can't wait for you all to get it soon. <laughs> I know. Can you pre-order them now? They are pre-ordered on Amazon. They will be in your uh, mailboxes around August 25th. Um, it's killing me, Danielle. Um, uh, first time author, so I'm kind of excited about this for me. But the, the hard part is waiting for you guys to get it I so know. that I can get the feedback. <laughs> I know. Well, I'll post in the show notes on YouTube and on iTunes um, a link to the Amazon Canada site and then a link to the Amazon US site. So non-affiliate links, like I don't get anything from this. Like I'll just like post them so people can pre-order them because why hasn't this been done before? Don't you ever feel like that? Like something is created. You're like, holy, like what a great idea. I'm so getting one. I'm so excited. Ah, thank um, you. Absolutely. Yeah, we, were, we were even saying that John is like this first of its kind. Yeah. Uh, when, he, when we pitched, it was really exciting because, you know, uh, I was part of the pitch to Hay House. And um, so it's been also a great learning experience to, to work on the marketing side and develop this deck and to see it come into print. So like to actually have it in my hands, we've been working on this for two years. Uh, so to see it in your hands with the pictures and the color and the designs. Um, uh, but we're really excited. We hope that it's, you know, while it says the mediumship training deck, you know, intuitive, psychic, you name it, it speaks to um, all of those aspects. I remember telling John, I think I, I'm like, I think we went beyond mediumship with this in good ways. Um, so we're really excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. I just had like this big, like light moment where I'm like, Lauren Rainbow, Hay House author. Right? Like, how cool is that? I can't digest that yet. <laughs> right? Like, that's like, that's up there, like really high up in the metaphysical world. It's like Hay House author. You're in the names with like the Kyle Grays, the John Hollins, right? It's just, it's so beautiful. I'm so excited it's for amazing. you. It's amazing. I feel so blessed. And like I said, with John, um, you know, it's just been, it was great to work with him in this project. He's brilliant. Uh, it taught me a lot. He taught me a lot. We had fun. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, as friends, we get along very well anyway so it was a lot of fun and and uh to put it together and i do i feel really blessed but yeah digesting hey house author has been <laughs> like how did that happen you need thank to update you. your ig profile biostat right oh, like yeah. thank you i gotta do that <laughs> and it's wonderful when you celebrate with someone like this process because you did call it because we we were bestseller on amazon you're officially a best-selling author now <laughs> 
best-selling Hey Host author. Like, it's just amazing. I'm so proud of you and I'm oh, so excited. And I have to, I have to say like, you know, I wasn't even going to talk about this, but I was so honored the other day. I did a reading for this woman, I think it was like three weeks ago. And I always ask people like, how did you hear about me? Right? Like, was it Instagram or my podcast? She's like, oh, Lauren Rainbow referred you. I was like, Lauren Rainbow recommended me? <laughs> I was so honored. I was so blown away. I was so touched. And it was actually after I asked you to come on to the podcast. It was like literally the next day. Beautiful. <laughs> and I was like, I was so honored. So thank you for thinking so highly of me. So the kudos just like back to you. Like, I'm just so proud to see where you've come. And I mean, you were a big deal to me years ago. So this is just you like leveling up, right? So, very <laughs> and so I also really wanted to talk to you today about demonstrations because wow. we haven't talked about this on the podcast yet. I'm by far not a leading expert in this. Um, so I'll just give you a bit of my background. It doesn't sound like anything like yours. <laughs> Because I discovered mediumship much later in life. I've always been interested in it. I had, and I've lived my life as a real big scaredy cat, um, like not taking chances. I did take some chances, but you know, I was always like uh, serving with fear. Like even my mediumship, I discovered like uh, last year at some point, I'm like, I feel like I'm serving with like this guise of fear. Like I feel like I'm still scared and, and I let go of that fear. I transcended that fear. And that's what I'm so passionate about walking other mediums through. I'm like, look, I've walked through this fear. I know what's on the other side. It's so worth staying the course and just like doing the thing and getting over it. But what freaked me out was demonstrations. And I mean, I'd seen the best, like I'd gone to Sylvia Brown as a kid. I'd seen John Edwards as a kid. I'd seen, um, you know, um, Mavis live and Tony live. And I don't know if you know Aboriginal medium, Sean Leonard, but him live. I mean, he's just like, he's, he's next level, right? That guy. And so I, again, was stuck in this comparison trap of like, I'm not anything like that. Right. And so I just late December last year had this moment where I had an astrology reading with my business mentor, social astrology, Natalie Wallstein. And she's like, your astrology set up for you to work in big groups. And I was like, well, it's funny you say that because I only do one-on-one stuff, right? Like I am not known to do groups. She's like, you need to be in front of groups. And so this year my business has been really kind of like growing into group coaching and group programs. And I did my first demonstration of mediumship on the full moon in Leo in February. <laughs> I will tell you my process, Lauren, because I haven't had any training in this. I just totally left it to spirit. Um, and I, I was so terrified. I couldn't talk all day and it's not like me not to be able to talk. Right. My husband's like, are you okay? I'm like, I am so scared right now. Like I had to lay down throughout the day. I like, I love visualization. I couldn't even visualize a positive outcome or a negative one. I just couldn't even get there. <laughs> And then at the event, I'm like shaking, putting the chairs together. I had 22 people for my first night, sold out in one day. I mean, it was just like spirit completely like aligning everything for me. I couldn't meditate before. I just like prayed to spirit saying, oh my God, like, what am I doing here? And then I stood up and I started talking and it was the most magical night of my life. Like I could like literally cry reliving how I felt up there and like, like I get really emotional, yeah. really emotional. And I couldn't sleep for two days. Like yeah. I was just so proud of myself, but I know that people had like a really amazing time and I really surprised myself. And that was the scariest thing I've ever done. You know, I get so emotional reliving it. 
It's what I call spirit high. Um, you know, there's a certain magic that happens in that group setting. Yeah. When you align with that love of spirit, which is so much more powerful by volume than you experience in a one-to-one. Yeah. And my clear audience really opened after that experience. I got names. Like I, I was never a medium who really got names. And I got a name there. And I've been getting a lot of names ever since then. Yeah. Um, informations i i actually feel like my readings have improved because i i'm like i overcame the scariest thing in this work that i feel other than probably being on tv which i don't have any desire to be on tv <laughs> but it's like you know i just my whole life changed after that experience so i did it one more time after that the second experience was like much the same where i was like kind of scared um it wasn't as like crazy for me, but I had, uh, I think I had like three suicides come through at the very beginning. And so like the energy for me was like quite intense. Um, so it was like, it was different for me, but, and then COVID happened. I haven't been able to do it since. So I really wanted to ask you like, what, explain to the audience, like, how do you prepare to go on stage? Are you ever prepared? Do you ever get unscared? And, and what is it like for you up there? Um, that's a great question. I mean, um, the first few, uh, for the first few years that I did Dems, I've been doing Dems, you know, over 10 years now. Um, and I was always terrified. I have the quickening. It would give me um, that feeling of anxiety. Um, I would get nervous. You And then you get out there and it's almost like you have a microphone in your hand and you start doing your introduction. You're like, I don't know what's going on. And then all of a sudden the spirit comes in and you land that first link. Mm -hmm. And then and you're like, okay, I got this, right? And and what it is is I believe that happens inside of us. For me, I want to serve them so well, and I want to get it not right for my ego. I want the messages of love to get out there as best as they can to who they belong to. Mm -hmm. And and so there's a part of us I think that gets so overwhelmingly nervous that are they is it going to work? Is it going to go? And then once you get the energy of that first link in any dem, it, it feels like you can just surrender right into it, and then two and a half hours go by and you're like what just happened yeah. um you know it, it took me years uh to really get to a place where i feel a little less nervous but i'm still always nervous okay that's um good. yeah oh no and and um you know for me danielle you know it started off as you know 20 to 40 people and one time uh here in, in new england we did a show at, at my old theater i worked at i went back for my first show and um, you know, it's an 850 seat theater. I know every theater, every seat inside that theater, like the back of my hand, cause I, you know, lived in there for two years and we sold it out. And it was my first ever dem of that size. <laughs> so, and, and how do you prepare? You don't, you panic, you, um, I, I don't meditate. I'll be honest. I don't meditate much before a dem. Um, my day of preparation, especially for the bigger of an event like that, the bigger the event, the more I am, you know, quiet throughout the day. I don't have a lot of plans. I don't do a lot of readings. I really want to build my energy for spirit. I want to store it up because when you, the, the bigger the groups that you do, the more energy Energy you're going to output. Yes. So depending on the volume of the audience that day, like if I'm doing a smaller 40, 20, 50, you know, I might still be a little leisurely, but you know, but on a, on a big dumb day, as I say, we, we take it easy. Um, you know, it's usually actually a pamper day. If I get ready, I, I might, you know, right now we're not doing any of that, but like it my you know, a mani petty, anything that relaxes me and makes me not think about what I'm about to do. Yeah. Um, but the first time Danielle, I always going to tell this funny story is I was getting ready 
ready to go on stage that first sold out night and they're backstage you know it's a big theater there's a lot to going on i am nervous as hell my manager is a good friend of mine and he's getting ready to put me on stage he's like do you need anything i'm like a bucket <laughs> Like, do you really think you're gonna be sick? And I'm like, I think so. And I've done theater, Danielle, too. So the other thing is, I, I, my entire childhood was raised on the stage. Mm -hmm. um, my parents were uh, thespians and uh, choreographers, so I lived in the theater. Uh, but when you're going out there by yourself to do all of this, it's a whole different experience. And so they get ready, they do the God voice announcement, and uh, they announce my name, and I'm realizing I got to get out there, and I'm just like panicking, and my manager. <laughs> pushed me onto the stage. The next thing you know, I'm like, okay, I'm out here. <laughs> I gotta make it work. Um, and I say this in a funny way, not, none of this from ego, uh, but when I got over that moment, Danielle, that was me. That was that, when you have that first dab, that was the one night I always say it was my unicorn. Um, something magical happened. The, the energy of spirit was so profound. The stuff that was coming through us, you know, it's not of us, it's, you know, the spirit coming through us and I remember at the end my manager's going you got to be done now mm. he's off to the stage I'm like one more and he's like no you've got to be done I'm like one more I was just in I just kept going the audience was with me and finally I, I got off that stage and I went who was that and that to me is what I think is so magical about the more that you do the Dems mm. but really the, the point of that story was there was amazing surrender for me in that moment um, and I don't remember being me for two hours it was just boom 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 I get off the stage and I wish I can make that magic happen every single time yeah. and it doesn't it comes close <laughs> uh, but that's the other part about Deming is we you know there's from through to spirit right there's there's the spirit and there's us we get our connection and now you not have one receiver you can have 20 to hundreds of receivers yes it's like on Edward thousands I remember seeing uh, Long Island mediums here in New, in New Hampshire six thousand people I'm like what right um and and so you know to me there's a surrender that happens in the dem mm -hmm. um and and like you're saying you get that that beautiful spirit high um like you I was awake for well over 24 hours <laughs> after that event um and that's also the other thing is monitoring your energy because we do move very large volumes of energies for groups like that yes. so finding ways to bring your energy back to ground after a dem is also really important so you're not also wearing yourself out for hours. So what do you do but, with that? What How do, do I you do? Ground? Um, yeah. That's a great thing. I, I actually do a lot of meditation. That's when I'll do a lot of meditation. Um, I don't sit in the power. I do more of a quieting. Uh, breath work is really important because the other thing I, I think that you're learning, Danielle, what a lot of people may not understand as mediums is our energy is expanding by volume of sitters. Right. Okay. Right? So when you and I sit and do a one-to-one -one reading and the spirit comes in, yes, there's an expansion, right? We're opening our energy, we're light, we're, we're raising our frequency, we're connecting with spirit. So now you're magnifying your receptive audience by however many are there. 
Yes. So that's going to make you expand even more. So, so as you grow in volume, cause you will, uh, your audience size, <laughs> you will notice the bigger the audience, the more energy you're going to output. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also a management that we have to have there. I believe, uh, as a medium as well, is that you're now not only managing the energy of from, through and two, but the two is now magnified by however many people. So while I'm delivering a message to one person, there is still other people in the audience who need to be receiving energy. Does that make sense? Yeah. I always say like, I feel like with Dems, cause I've been to a lot of Dems too. There's a healing that takes place. There's this like co-created energy that even if you do not receive a message, you don't hear my voice to you, you are receiving a healing because that is the way spirit works. There's an intelligence there. If they can heal all these people at once, they're like, we will do that. Right. So I do feel like there's this like energetic healing that takes place. I felt healed in a dem where I'm just like, I didn't receive a message, but I'm like, man, I felt the presence of spirit and that is a gift. And that's where I think that's that little magic that we have. And that's why you're having a lot of positive experiences from your dems. I know when the energy has been really great by the response, I don't need it. But if people are coming back to me saying, I didn't get a message, but that was wonderful. Then I know the energy, like you're saying, has been transferred um, or been received on multiple levels. There are times I walk off the stage though and go, oh, the energy wasn't quite right. Um, And I think it's important that we all know that. I've talked with, you know, again, some of the fellows that I worked with, like Tony and, and John, and, and, you know, we all have Dems that you walk off the stage, you just go, oh my God, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and that's the hard part about, you know, my manager, we joke, cause he works with comedians and, you know, what we do is not memorized. Every time we walk on that stage, I have no idea what's going to happen. I have no idea who's going to communicate. I have no idea what the night is going to look like. Yeah. Um, and then you walk off the stage and you do it again and you have no idea. <laughs> So um, it's so comforting hearing that. Yeah. There's a braveness in knowing that, um, you know, and, and Tony Stockwell, I love him as one of my mentors has always said, and I believe this to be true. If you're meant to do this work, the spirit will sustain you. And I've had Dems where I've come down and said, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. I I have heard Tony say that. I've heard Anthony say that. I've now I've heard you say that. And it's comforting because I always tell my students too, who I teach more one-on-one readings to. And I say, you know, not every reading you're going to feel that really palpable energy of spirit. Like, and I feel like we get rewarded almost with those magic ones that keep us going. Yes, they do. Because you're like, I want that again. It's like you're chasing that feeling because it's it's, the first time high. (laughs) It is. It's like chasing a high. And I know for me, the second dem for me was a lot harder. Like I had my, one of my best friends, I had made her stay behind. I'm like, talk me down, talk me down, talk me down. Right. But I received so much more feedback positive from that second one than the first one. So I feel even us as, as the, the channelers, we experience it completely different than the people observing. And I try to remember that too. It's like, I can't judge the story of what other people are saying about me. I can't even exhaust myself or spend my energy there. Right. But I've, I've felt that. And so, and then COVID happened literally a week after my last M. So I haven't been able to do it again. And I'm so excited to get back at it because I just want to sit in that energy again. It was so much fun. A couple of things I just wanted to, that really stuck out for me in your story was when there's no certainty in the spirit work. 
We are literally asked to leap first. We are literally asked to be courageous and just trust the world of spirit. And you've said that it's like, we don't know what we're going to get in every reading. We don't know what we're going to get in every dumb. And it's like, we can't, there's no certainty in this work. Right. And so it's all about courage. And I also tell a lot of my students like service is the antidote to fear. So when in doubt, just call upon service. Remember that you're here to serve. So you've already reiterated that as well. And, um, there was something else too that really kind of stuck out for me, but I, I can't remember, but, oh yeah, it was around the, not every single experience you have is going to be the same. And it doesn't mean that like, you're not meant to be doing this work. It just means like, I think we keep our egos in check when we have these experiences. I also think we need to experience, you can't experience light without shadow. You can't experience like hate without love. Like we need to have these multi experiences so that we can really appreciate how powerful spirit is and how powerful we are. Um, and then something else that just came to me when you're talking about your story is like, I love um, Gordon Smith like the Scottish medium, like he's just so practical. He's so grounded. So I love his books. And I remember, (laughs) this is how bad it is, Lauren. Like I have all his mediumship development books and I used to skip over the demonstration chapters because I'm like, I'm not, I'm never doing that. You were ready. (laughs) I, I literally would flip over them. And after my first dem or after my second dem, I pulled out his books and read the demonstration chapters and I underlined a bunch of things. It was quite interesting. I'm like, man, it's so funny how I just like skip over these things. And he says in one of his books that it's like that first experience you have is spirit's way of showing you what you are capable of. So it made sense to me why that first experience, like we both had, like it brings me to tears recalling how magical that experience was for me. And it's exciting to know that, yeah, I mean, that's my highest potential and I'm okay with that because that was freaking amazing, right? And, and I don't want to, I want to amend that just a little bit. That sure. was your highest potential at that moment. Mm. There can be higher potentials, right? And I think that as we work more in our own self-work, um, and that's the other part about being a medium, I get frustrated sometimes in the development side of mediumship, and I'll just call that out in a sense that I think a lot of people just study only mediumship because they just want to learn how to do the gift, they want to learn how to make the evidence work, and they just want to make money on it, yeah. and they don't want to do the self-work. And being a medium is not a job. It is a way that, yes, I am employed by spirit to serve them and I do, you know, survive on it, but it's a life work. It is a calling. And if I do not work on myself, if I do not grow myself, my gift will be limited to that one high. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I tell my I tell my students, I've said it before this podcast, I'm like the healing journey and the mediumship development journey are parallel. When spirit says you make a declaration, I want to be medium, what they hear, she's ready to heal right? And they, your shadows will come up, your insecurities will come up. It's like, so you have to be okay looking at yourself to be able to step into this work without a doubt. And I think the other key is to be willing to evolve, mm-hmm. um, be willing to, I always say the who I was 20 years ago when we started in 9-11, you know, and who I am now as a medium, again, published now, right? Never thought 20 years ago when I did this, that was even a possibility. You know, I started this journey never even knowing I would ever walk on a stage. Um, and I evolved into all of that. 
and I'm still evolving today. My work itself now this year is going through a whole other evolution. Mm. Um, as more, I've taught many mediums in New England for 10 years and now I'm ready to raise, they're all doing the work now. And so I feel like a mama bear. I remember at first I felt like a baby and like, I'm good. <laughs> so now like they're doing different work that I can now bring myself to do. So I think the other key is to evolve in this as well. Mm. Um, and to allow yourself to grow and, and to always work in love and service and you'll, you'll always be guided well. You know, if there's one thing I do feel truly blessed by, and it's not been perfect journey, Danielle, there's been some struggles in this. The bigger, mm -hmm. you know, one of my mentors said to me, the bigger you get, the bigger target you become. Mm -hmm. um, and and I, I don't like those words, but I was like, nah, that'll never happen. And like, whoa, you know, there, there's also the, the thick skin that is sometimes needed to yeah. navigate this world. Um, and it's taken me a while to really grow into that. And, and it's still a process, but I think that's also really important that as long as you're serving spirit, all the other things that get said about you and around you won't matter either. Yeah. And I haven't reached that yet. Like I, I feel very blessed. I'm going to knock on wood. I've only had one, what I perceive to be a negative comment about me out there, but I'm just like, man, I'm like, I hope I, I will have to develop that skin one day. I know that that's well, going to be coming for me. But you know, and, uh, it, and like you, I'm still on the low end of that, but I've seen, you know, some of our teachers go through some interesting things and, you know, other people making Facebook pages at uh, pages and false accounts and stuff like that. Right. And I just go, you know, <laughs> Yeah. It's, nav it's navigating this safely and, and healthy. And that's why I say, as long as you're working for your own self-care and you know, not self-care, but self-development. And that's part of why the journeys happen is also for me to grow myself as a spiritual being. Yeah. Um, so it's a selfish thing. I lead the journeys and I guide, you know, ceremonies and things. But at the same time, I'm also growing each time I go there. <laughs> I know. I love that. And I think you're so right. And I remember um, one of the, the thing that stuck out the most for me that when you read for me in that demonstration, which I mean, I, I wish there should be YouTubes of you doing demonstrations, honestly, like you're so good. And I've got a few little snippets out there. I need to do more. <laughs> I know you need to have like a page or something so that we can, we can see them all in like one place because you're, you're so good at doing these group readings. And I remember you like picking up on my gift and then you kept saying to me, your grandma's saying you're in the right church, but the wrong pew. Right. And I was like, Oh, that's really fascinating. And I felt to me that was like into the teaching because I really found myself in my mediumship when I started teaching. Like, I just feel like my, my calling is to be like a teacher in this in a very kind of practical way. Um, and then also I was really scared about considering going full time. I wanted to go full time, but I wasn't like, I mean, I didn't go full time till February this year. I was, that was like when the scariest things I've ever overcome was giving up my corporate career to do this work full time. But your reading was really impactful on me um, with that process. And so, yeah, I just have to say thank you for that. And oh, <laughs> I had that in my head so many times. I'm like, the right church, the wrong pew. I was like, that is really <laughs> I loved it. I love that um, Well, this has been one of my favorite conversations. I think people are going to have so much to take away from this, especially around like even just me selfishly. I'm like, okay, not every dem is going to be amazing. And more and more I keep hearing, you know, I've saw Anthony Morocco and Tony Stockwell do a live on Anthony's Facebook a couple, like a month or two ago. And they both were talking about this. Like Tony was saying, you know, there's still times I leave where I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Right. And 
to know somebody at his caliber um, still thinks this, it, may, it gives me peace saying, okay, like I am on the right path. And it is normal to still think about things like this. Even seven years in, I'm just a baby. Like seven years in is like no time at all still, right? But um, yeah, it's really kind of comforting. I think that's what the listener, listeners will, will feel as well. Keep going. You know, the, 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 that's why I love when, when Tony said, you know, if you're meant to do this, the spirit will sustain you. And many times, you know, when I think that I'm done or I've walked away, I met my manager who put me on stage after I gave up. I kind of said, well, I was doing psychic work on the side and mediumship, but I was starved sometimes. I'd have to get a real job because um, <clears throat> I wasn't sustaining. And then all of a sudden I get this guy who says, let me put you on stage. And we've been working together 11 years um, and uh, all over New England, you know, in theaters, all over the area here and I'm so blessed because I was like that was not in my view I walked away I said I never want to do this again spirit and then he walks in the box office and says I'm going to put you on stage so I went from not doing it to go yes <laughs> um and and that's what I mean by like they they kept pulling me back when I didn't believe in myself and and so that's how you know um if if you're meant to do this and I I just think um uh, you know, keep breathing into your heart. I'm always a person, as you know, Danielle, it's all about the heart. And I, I can't teach that enough. Is where, if you're coming from here, um, you're in the we, you're in the, you're connected to the world and what you, what your alignment is in the world, right? And so as long as you're leading from here, your spirit and the spirit will always be there to guide you. It's really amazing. <laughs> That's a beautiful way to end this. And so how can uh, the Spirit School listeners, how can they follow you? How can they work with you? How can they keep on, on top of what Lauren Rainbow is doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm um, laurenrainbow.com is my website. Um, my social medias are Instagram, Facebook at Lauren Rainbow Medium. And I do have a YouTube channel that has some of these things. I just got to work more on it, but that's just Lauren Rainbow. Uh, so anywhere you want to find me there, um, I've been doing more online teachings. As you know, we've been kind of online teachings, online dems. John and I have got some online dems coming up in September. If people are interested to get messages from spirit from us. Um, so they can find all of that. All of the event stuff can be found at LaurenRainbow.com. <laughs> yes, and go pre-order the deck. Any, everyone who's listening to this, I have thousands of listeners a week. I'm like, everybody should be pre-ordering this deck. <laughs> if you're watching on the YouTube, you can see the beautiful art. But um, So it's the Mediumship Development deck. That's what the, you would Google. Mediumship Training deck Medi on the Amazon, yeah. Okay. So, and I will link this all, look below, get it, order it, support a fellow sister. I love it. Thank you so much, Lauren. Thank you, Danielle. <laughs>